It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. I'm Mark Willard, and this is Inside Giant Moments, presented by T-Mobile, an official San Francisco Giants podcast. In season one, we looked back at some of the most iconic moments in franchise history. Now, it's time to focus on the present and future. We'll cover memorable wins and the off-field moments, interests, and personalities of the 2021 Giants team and staff. Join us for season two of Inside Giant Moments, now. No matter how glamorous we think it is to be a big league ball player, the life comes with challenges. No one knows that more than the significant others of the Giants stars. Like any marriage, it takes work, sacrifice, and mutual support. I talked to two of the Giants' wives to hear about the stories of how their baseball lives came together, starting with Mike's wife, Paige Yastrzemski. You two have been married for about three years now. Is that correct? Yes, we have. And uh, there are amazing pictures of you two on Instagram from like eight years ago. So I know, <laughs> I know that <laughs> I know that it was a three-year marriage. But how long have have you two actually been together? <laughs> this fall, believe it or not, it'll be twelve years together. Wow! Wow! <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, you, you've been through the entire experience with Mike, and I wonder, through your eyes, how you would describe the journey. Oh, man. Uh, yes, I've been through it all with him, um, from learning that a strike wasn't just if you swung and missed. That was a big learning curve for me, to <laughs> Now, actually being able to tell what pitch is being thrown, but um, in terms of his journey, I think it's just, for me, it's a journey of, of passion and perseverance, really. I think the fans have seen that passion in him. Um, really grateful for the Giants for recognizing that passion um, and competitive edge that he has and giving him that shot. But, you know, it's six years in the minors, and, and he grinded through and never gave up. And um, I have a smile on my face every single day he, he steps out on that field. So, Definitely a story of perseverance and passion for sure, and, and just lucky to be here. Well, you know, I do, I do wonder though what that has been like for you because I'm sure uh, <laughs> there there are ups, there there are downs. Uh, you're a support system, but you you've also got your your own story to tell. Like, what what challenges has this all created on your end? Sure. Um, yeah, it's. It's been a crazy ride, indeed. Um, oops, sorry, I lost one of my headphones. That's okay. <laughs> I, I think, um, you know, I think really it's taught me how you put your loved one's dreams first. And it was an early thing to learn, right? Because we were so young and, and a lot of sacrifices had to be made. And I think the part of what's so unique about Mike's journey and, and several people have gone through similar stories. Tyler Roger has a very similar story as well, um, is the part 
of the minors. And, and unless you live in a city with a minor league team, a lot of fans of baseball don't know really what the minor leagues are like. And it is a grind. Um, you know, six years in the minors, you don't know. It, it's, it's really a story of how to deal with complete unpredictability. Um, and for a planner, that was really hard for me to adjust to. Two days before spring training, we didn't know where he was going. We didn't know what city he was going to live in. We didn't know what schedule he was going to have. Um, and so you, you quickly learn to be a travel agent. That's for sure. <laughs> um, you know, you find out, okay, we're going, we're going to Bowie, Maryland. And thank God, really, for the host families we had, because the most Mike ever made in a season was 13000 Yep. And that's tough to live off of. And so, but you learn to adjust. It's his dream and it's worth every second, every struggle. And thank God for our families who supported us, knowing that we were working hard um, for the host families who kindly opened their homes to us. And then, you know, yeah, I had a few side jobs on top of teaching and, and adjusted my career where needed and, and hustled where needed and took on extra jobs. And that's just what you do. And it's worth it. You called yourself a planner. Has this changed you <laughs> in any way? Are you more of a free spirit now? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and, and I say no because if Mike was here, he would give me a side eye. If I was like, yeah, you know, I'm really good with the flow. No, I, I definitely <laughs> – I. <laughs> I have a passion for spontaneity for sure, but I love to plan. So I would just say that um, – I have just become more strategic. So knowing which airlines you can cancel for free. <laughs> and, and I may or may not have had two flights to two different cities booked for one day. Um, I'm all about the deal, finding the deal. So I book way ahead of time. Um, Mike is more, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll plan as it goes. So we balance each other out for sure. Um, I, I, I used to broadcast in the minors, so when you're, you're talking about host families and everything, this, this sort of resonated. Mm-hmm. And, and I also know that, sure. uh, at least in my experience, it, it wasn't that players, you know, yeah, just have the girlfriend come to or, or whatever. Like, there's a lot of that's, – that's, that's, there's a lot going on there. So when, when, when he was headed off to the middle of nowhere USA and in the Orioles organization, sure. how did you guys handle that? Yeah, so I was teaching elementary school. Uh, let's see, I started and I was getting my master's at Vanderbilt. So I was in school the first year and then teaching for the next five. And then the last year I was in medical sales. But so, you know, during the school year, teachers only get two personal days. That's it. Right. So weekend trips, you know, I'm used to late night flights. Um, we think don't have any horror stories from host families you know everyone's kind enough to open their home but they're definitely you know you have a full separate podcast on that there there are some hysterical so i mean we uh i follow this one account called our baseball life and women just share you know host family stories but also like horror hotel stories um, so you really could, you could go down that rabbit hole and, and have a lot of entertainment, <laughs> but thank God we just, we had the sweetest families and, and they were very open to me. Mike, they, they could tell, you know, it wasn't, we, we had been together four years by the time he was in one, his first season, they could tell we were committed. I was always, you know, brought that Southern hospitality from Nashville, was as respectful as I could be. I think that helped, but, um, yeah, 
it, we were blessed for sure in those host families we had. So I, I, I'm taking it that even with your work and whatnot, you, you were able to kind of go with him wherever he was headed, or did you guys have to do long distance for a while? How did that work? Oh, yeah. We, we had to do long distance during whenever I was working, and then thankfully I had the summers off. Right. So as long as the host families would have me, I would come up for periods of time, um, you know, but then he's on the road half the time in the season too. So he's not in one place. So as long as I could physically get there and the hotels weren't too dodgy, <laughs> you kind of knew, like, you kind of knew which ones, like there were ones that like, oh, guys have gotten bed bugs from there. Like I would skip out on those. <laughs> um, but but, yeah, so thankfully, because I was an elementary school teacher, I got to travel during the summer with him. And that really helped because being long distance, you know, it's it's already a battle for couples to be long distance. But then if you add on the baseball schedule, that's its own time zone, really. Yep. Yep. So you're already probably in a different time zone. And then they don't go to bed till about 1 or 2 in the morning, wake up about 10 or 11. And then I think what a lot of fans don't know is how early these guys get to the field. So if it's a 6.45 game, Mike's, Mike's leaving for the field at 12.30. And when he's there, he, you know, we're not talking. He, it's, it, he's working. Um, so I think the hardest part about being away is finding that time to connect and to talk. And, you know, it's also a game where <laughs> there's not many careers where if you fail 70% of the time, you're an all-star. And you've got to learn to adjust to, to deal with that failure every single day and, um, and, and how to cope with that. And then on top of it, be away from your partner. So, you know, there's a lot of adjustment and a lot of learning. And um, thankfully, I was able to be with him in the summers. And I think that really helps as well. That failure you're talking about, I, I wonder how you sort of learned to navigate it. Uh, for instance, is, is there... Is there a different way that, that you would sort of receive him after an 0 for 4 versus a 3 for 4? You definitely learn, for sure, um, <laughs> the nu- the nuances. But um, I'm really lucky with Mike. He learned early on, and I think it was from watching his, his grandfather and his dad, but he learned early on, you know, it's not going to really help to bring it home. Um, and if you really think about it, how many careers are there where if you fail 70% of the time, you are the best of the best. So that means a lot of times you're feeling more than that. Um, and so you're not going to make it if you don't find a way to handle it. Now, there, there definitely are low times. Um, there are hard times, you know, and, and no one's shy of that because it's baseball, right? People go through slumps. It's part of the game. And then you go through a time when, you can't not hit the ball. And then that's the most exciting, of course. But I think what I try to do is, um, you know, we have a limited time once he gets home. I definitely, the biggest learning curve for me is giving him that time to decompress. Um, Because it's such a mental game that he is involved in every single step and he keeps thinking about every single swing after it's done in every situation. So I first give him that time to decompress and then, you know, I try to make what's most of what's left and, and get him to smile, get him to laugh, remind him how much in those low times he loves baseball. And that is just his ultimate passion and how blessed and lucky we are that he gets to play. Um, usually it results in some card game, uh, playing some game, uh, me winning. And, you know, and then it's lots of fun. <laughs> but you're not competitive at all, I can tell. 
Yeah, no, not even, no. Mike and Blaine realized very early on uh, just how competitive I am and, and they're the best. But, yeah, yeah that, that, that secret's out. <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned the mental side of this and the number of years he had in the minor leagues. What was that mental grind like for him through those years? And then, by extension, what was it like for you? Ooh, it was tough. Um, I think he came into it really strong. He made a strong impact uh, in the Orioles minor league system. And then, you know, I think the toughest part was he showed he should be given a chance in the big leagues and never was. And that's hard. When you do everything you possibly can and then it's still not enough, especially in a game of failure where you are, um, you know, overcoming already a very difficult sport. Um, that's a blow for sure. And those last few years before we got traded to the Giants was, were really tough because we'd be in AAA and then, boom, all of a sudden he's back down in AA and then back up in AAA but never got the call. And so, you know, at that point there was a time where he was ready to hang it up. Um, and I'll never forget that was, he kind of told me, and it was the last game I was going to make that season. And, um, and I had to leave the next day for teaching. So it could have been the last baseball game I ever saw him play. And he hit a home run Hmm. and we always had an inside joke. You know, there, there are some guys who do big celebrations after a home run. And I think you all know by now that's not really Mike, but I would always mess with him and be like, Oh, can you give me like, you know, a kiss to the stands or, you know, I would just mess around (laughs) with him and just make him laugh before a game. Like, yeah, give me one of these, you know, blow a kiss. And you'd always laugh, but he never would do it. And that game, he pointed right at me and I just broke down and cried. And I, in that moment, I was like, he can't, this can't happen. He, this isn't it. I just knew it. I had this gut. And I think he had a similar feeling and he came home that night and I looked at him. I was like, would our life be so much easier if you left baseball? Yes. But you love this more than anything. You're passionate. I know you, I, I know you love me. I don't question that. I don't question our life together at all. Like, yes, it would be easier, but this is your love and you're meant to do this. And I don't want you to leave this. And he had the same, the very similar gut in that moment. And the next season we get traded to the giants. They give him a chance, the community and the fans embrace him. And here we are. So you know, that was probably our lowest point, and, and I'm very grateful we both got that strong gut to, to get back on course. Uh, that story gave me chills. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't cry at baseball games all the time. I do get choked <laughs> up, but, but yeah, I was, I was a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, baseball will do that to you, and then life, life will do that to you. And so when they intersect – um yeah that's that's what you're gonna get i i mean the trade to san francisco um i can't think that you would have known right away how good this was gonna be what what was the initial reaction for you two well you know mark we kind of did know how good it was gonna be we didn't know it was gonna be the big league but the reason we knew it was gonna be good is because it definitely was it was such a god thing we were sitting down at spring training right we he had decided not to retire he gets invited to big league camp camp finally his sixth year with the Orioles and then they send him down before they even need to to cut the roster so we're like what like this doesn't even make sense so we're sitting at dinner I'm like all right Mike I know you can't just decide to go to another team but like 
can we do, is there, can you put out an SOS? Like, is there anything you can do? Um, you know, like my interpretation of baseball, like, hey, I'd love to join your team. Um, but I asked him, I was like, what, okay, like, let's talk to your agent. Like, what, what team would you want to be on? And he said San Francisco Giants was the very first team he said. Really? Um, yeah, I swear. I swear. Now, I can why, remember why? exactly where we were sitting. Why was that? Why why had he already had that vision? I mean, I you know, East Coast people like what what was what was it that wanted made him want to go to the Giants? Um, I think he I mean, well, the very obvious, right? He he had such respect for the organization. It's in an organization that demands respect because they they treat their players well and they really seek out talent and you know, and then strategically, he also took a look at all the teams and you know, he didn't answer right away. Um, he thought about it just like typical Mike, but he, that was his first answer. And, and the other strategic thing he looked at was the depth of the outfielders in the organization. Oh. And he said, you know, I think there could be an opening and I think I could make an impact there. And that, that's, you know, part of the reason I love Mike so much is he is very literal and he's very strategic. And um, he saw, he, he really saw, and visualize the impact he could make um, if if they were willing to give him a chance. And so we call. I said, "All right, call your call call Jack right now." And and I know again, like I know you can't control this, but like let's put this out there. Let, you know, I'm all about manifestation. Yes. Um, and we did. We put it out there hard. And so he called me and got traded. And it just it, it, that gut once again. It was a gut that felt right this time. Um, so it went from the gut of "Don't retire. This isn't right." To okay, this feels like home, and it did. So you putting it out there and, and your agent maybe maybe putting it out there, like was there more to that story? How, how did that come together? How quickly did that come together? Um, I can't pretend to know the ins and outs too much of baseball. Right. <laughs> I think his agent had a lot to do with it. I think, you know, um, thankfully, I think Mike was already on their radar, Um, and then, so that conversation, let's see, that conversation was in April and he got traded in May. So quickly. Amazing. Amazing. And then how has life for the two of you evolved since coming to the Giants? Um, definitely a feeling of, of, like I said, being home, um, being with an organization that admires and appreciates Mike has been amazing. The transition has been incredible because I'm so thrilled that the fans have really seen who he is as a person and a player and embraced that. And, you know, he's not an outgoing guy. He's not a, he's not a, um, he's not an entertainer when he plays, right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't think about, like I said, he doesn't point to the crowd. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't do that, but he is such a team player and a selfless player and a selfless leader. And, you know, he just cares about the team winning. Like, he'll come he'll come home from an amazing game. I'm like, okay, what was your favorite moment? You know, thinking, crashing into the wall, making a catch or hitting whatever is going to be it. And every time he's like, that we won. I'm like, Mike, you're not talking, you know, to a reporter. Like, what was your favorite part? And he, and he just shrugs and he looks at me and he's like, no, like, that's all I care about. I just want out the team win. So, you know, I have to rephrase my question, of course. But the fact that the, the fans have 
seen that and that the organization has recognized that, that's all you can ask for. You know, it's it's your person and it's their dream. And I I do I I do get choked up. I do every game that he steps on the field. It it still doesn't feel real. This is our third season and it doesn't feel real. And I think the most exciting part is every time I see someone wearing his jersey because they've made that decision to, one, spend that money, and two, to, you know, to embrace the curvature that comes along with fitting Yastrzemski on the back of a jersey. Like, that in itself, right. like, is a feat, right? right. Um, they got the Z right. That's also exciting. Yeah. But really, I mean, I just – that they – that fans care that much and really see him for who he is, that they want to wear his name on his back. I mean, it just – It'll never get old. I smile every time. I, I get choked up yeah, 50%, 90% of the time. And, and it's just so, – so, in short, it's been a dream come true. It feels like home, but it also still doesn't feel real. And we're just really grateful. We're, uh, we're totally blowing up that whole league of their own thing about there's no crying in baseball. We're, we're ruining that Oh, right 100%. Now. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, they didn't – right. Mike, Mike is stoic. It doesn't mean I can't, right? I can feel all those emotions. I take on those emotions for him. <laughs> well, well, okay, if that's the case, then i got to go backwards and, and hear what your emotional experience was when he went back to Boston and hit a home run at Fenway Park. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was – well, first of all, I don't know if you know this, but his grandma, um, Mimi, got to walk onto the field before one of the games because as a family and a community, they bought the most tickets for the game that, that day. They bought out – his friend's family, fam, family friend in town bought out the entire right field ticket. Wow. So, I mean, right? Like, she got to be on the field (laughs) because of that award. I mean, we also got to be on the field. So, so to start with, the the amount of support was absolutely incredible. And like I mentioned, like, without our families, my family came up from Nashville. Of course, his whole family was there. We wouldn't have even been there in that moment without the support of them. So, we've got our families. We've got the whole town. And then we've got Papa Yaz throwing out the first pitch. I mean, it was just amazing. But the first, before that pitch, you're exactly right. I'm sitting there. Um, you know, I have to get up quite often, you know, because I can't sit still in that game. I think it was, a, what, a 13-inning game? Yeah, something like uh, that, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't move out of my seat. So that can just show you, paint the picture for how nervous I was. And then when he, I heard that and that's what's beautiful about that moment is it really did all go quiet and you heard that crack and you knew it when it left his bat that it was gone and I jumped out of my seat arms in the air then was quickly embraced by my dad tears crying I mean it was it was just incredible and then I think the most beautiful part was that the crowd cheered and that's what's beautiful about baseball is the history and everyone in that moment understood the impact of it they knew they knew what it took for Mike to get to the big leagues they knew he hadn't been handed this they knew he had persevered they knew the history and the respect of his grandfather but also of him and it all came together and it was also the first time I'd seen that big of a smile on Bochy's face it was right before his 3,000 win so you know it was it was in that moment, everybody understood the impact, and it was beautiful that everyone 
shared it with us. And it was amazing. We'll never forget it. You talked about em- embracing your dad. I imagine maybe you guys had uh, uh, maybe some better seats than being out in right field, or were you? Because I like I'm imagining when that home run goes, you told me they've got the whole right field pavilion. Like, was it a mosh pit? Like, what what happened out there? <laughs> so we we were in fact like so my family and and his mom and grandmother we all were in the family seats, but okay. I knew there was a lot of family, so I told the rest of the family I can't get tickets. And his cousin actually took on the burden of organizing that. So I wasn't in, in right field, but to paint a picture, you're exactly right. It was a mosh pit, so much so that one of his cousins broke one of the chairs from jumping on top of it. So if you get a ticket in right field, I'm so sorry if when you sit down, it sinks a little bit. Because that's our fault. That's the yes seat. That's incredible. That's the yes seat. Yep. Yeah, so you get to relive that moment every time you attempt to get out of your seat. <laughs> oh, man. I you know, I mean, this whole thing really, and maybe more so than I realized, there's been uh, a lot of magic attached to it. And, and so then bringing it to this year, what's the reaction and how does it change life for you guys that Kurt Casale becomes a member of the team? Oh. <laughs> Um, gosh. Okay. So Kurt's like a brother to me. Um, you know, we, we were best friends right away in college and same with Mike and then Renee, I knew her in college as well. She played golf. So just add in that competitiveness. We, we're like old people. We play cards every week with them in the off season and it's me and Kurt versus Mike and Renee. So (laughs) it is a battle. So, so that was just a dream come true. And what was so exciting is, you know, there's a lot of Vandy boys in the organization. Yes. And I've really seen that similarity. And, and what I, I think every single person can feel how special this team is this year. And my dad said it best. He's like, man, if, if the Giants weren't on Pacific time, this would be America's team right now. Hmm. And I think it's the truth because we're, we're in a time where we kind of all need something to believe in, right? And yeah. that's what the Giants have, have given us this year. And what makes them so special and gives us that hope and, and, and fulfills that, you know, excitement is that someone new steps up every single day. So you've got absolute legends on the team, right? You've got Buster Posey, you've got Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, Evan Longoria, you know, you've got these veterans who just, they step on the field and you just feel the difference when they're there. But then You've got guys like Lamont Wade Jr., who yes. has, a, you know, and Tyler Rogers and Mike Jastrzemski, who, who have such different stories. And, and, and Darren Ruck, who played in, in Korea for so many years. And, you know, all these guys, Wilmer Flores, Solano, you know, every, La Stella, Zach Yay, you know, so many people. And then Kurt Casale, like, you know, coming out and hitting a walk off. And, you just don't know who it's going to be, but the excitement builds throughout the game. And you, you're just like, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be the whole time that you're watching? And then, bam, it's there. And they win. And they, you know, I, I do wish they would stop doing so many comeback wins just for, like, all of our mental health. Um, but it's the truth. I mean, it, it, it's just what a team. You can feel it in, in your bones. That, that It's just different. And they love being – 
on the field together, but they love being off the field and in the clubhouse. And that goes a really long way. I overheard Brandon Belt. We had some veterans at the game and he was telling them, you know, this is, he said, it's the most fun clubhouse I've ever been a part of. And, and that blew me away. So, wow. um, yeah, this year is special. It's been extraordinary. And, and to see someone step up every day, is, is it's incredible. Put a smile on your face. How can it not? Um, you, you might need to just seek some advice from longtime Giants fans because, you know, the three World Series championships from <laughs> approximately a decade ago were nicknamed torture. Like we're, what you just described, <laughs> we're, we're used to this by now. This is, this is how they do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When we, when we played the Dodgers, I was sitting next to Kristen Posey, and I looked at her, and I go, how did you do three World Series? <laughs> and I yeah. said it just like that because we both were exhausted from cheering. And she goes, I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm That's prepared. Awesome. What, by the way, speak, speaking of advice, I, I, I was thinking maybe of asking, uh, asking it to you this way, like uh, have you sort of sought any advice from, from other player wives just about this life. But listening to you talk, I'm, I'm thinking maybe some of the other wives should come to you because you've been at this for a while. I don't know about that. Um, but, no, it, you know, we talk about how special of a group the guys are on this field. They're, this is an unbelievable group of women. And, and I think you can tell – it's something people don't know, but – it makes a big impact what you come home to and what these women handle and deal with and, and support and lift their guys up. And, you know, Kristen Posey was one of the first women I met and, and Jalen Crawford has been like a sister to me. She's just completely taken me under her wing. She's one of the most generous people. And all these women are just extraordinary and what they do. And we're really close this year. We do, you know, a lot of, COVID safe (laughs) activities, but a lot of activities and we spend a lot of time together and, you know, we pass the babies down the stands. We all help each other out when we can. And, um, I've, I've learned so much from all of them, but I'm so grateful that not only is it a special team and the guys who are wearing the uniforms, but also the women who, um, who support them and, and have their back. And so it's been an incredible year. How big of a baseball fan were you before Mike? (laughs) Oh come on! Why do you gotta? Why are you gonna tell everyone this? <laughs> just, just, right. just curious. Okay. I felt like I wanted okay. to ask that. <laughs> fair, fair. All right. The real story is I played every single sport. So I played lacrosse at college at Vanderbilt, okay. and that's how we met. I played every sport leading up to that. So I, I was on a number one t-ball team. I, I would like to say that it did happen, but I was seven, and that was the last time I played. Um, I have made fun, I've made fun of baseball like my entire life. (laughs) So, because I didn't understand it. So I met Mike and God just has a sense of humor because I made fun of baseball players. Then I met him and he tried to tell me his name and I laughed. I was like, yay. All right. Mike Yahamaha. That works. I don't ever need to learn your last name. And I was serious. So. So God has a sense of humor because now I live and breathe baseball every day. And now that Yamaha is my last name. Um, But I I really do. I have to tell you the reason, and and this is such a true story. The reason I love baseball now, I've always been a fan of Mike and I've always been a fan of his teammates, but I never understood baseball until the 2020 season. 
And the reason I got to learn baseball is because of Mike and Dwayne. And I actually, I wrote them a letter and I haven't sent it because I showed Mike and he laughed at me. He's like, this is really like embarrassing, but because I just (laughs) poured my heart out into it. But I actually really need to give them this letter because I, I know the community knows how lucky we are to have them, but they taught me baseball because I couldn't go to the games. And so I watched every single game, even though we were across in the ballpark living at that point. And they really, they, they taught me everything, the complexities, you know, the strategy, all of that. But then they really unveiled to me the beauty of it. And in the letter, and I need to send it, but I, I thank them because, I will forever be grateful for the love of baseball that they cultivated and really handed to me. And, and, and so I am now a fan of baseball and I now love baseball and I have, uh, Mike and Dwayne to thank for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I know how you'll answer this. I, I, I know <laughs> fundamentally he, he hasn't changed, but I, I, I wonder how, have you seen uh, Mike sort of, um, for lack of a better word, I guess, change or evolve, or is there a newfound confidence since he found big league success? That's a great question. Um, I think so. The confidence I think has been there since the Giants gave him a call up, and then. I don't, I'm sure you know this, but right after All-Star break in 2019, he almost got, he, he was getting sent down. And they told him he was going to AAA, back to Sacramento. And then Alex Dickerson had some back spasm issues. So they kept him up. And he hadn't been playing while he was in a slump. And he called me and he said, okay, you know, we're going back down. And I was already, you know, changing flights, all, all of that stuff we talked about. And <laughs> right. then he called me and said, I'm playing. And I said, well, all right, this is your chance. You get to, you still get to do what you love on the stage you've dreamed of doing it once again. Show them what you're made of. And went to Colorado, got, I think, a three-hit or four-hit game, something crazy like that. Hit that really long home run and I think since that moment when he realized, all right, I can live out my, I can do what I love on the stage I've dreamed of being on and not take any day for granted, That that's when I think the confidence came. Um, and that's a beautiful thing to see. And anytime he can help the team win, the confidence is there. You know, obviously there's, there's struggles, there's slumps. You know, there, it's, no, it's no secret this year hasn't been his, his best year yet, but he's helping the team in different ways. And yep. that's exciting. And, you know, if I wish he'd listen to me and maybe stop running into so many walls, even if they're really <laughs> exciting catches, <laughs> you know, there'd be a little less injuries to overcome, but that's a part of this game. And that's a part of this sport. And it's only going to make him a stronger player. Uh, so you guys have had talks about running into the, the wall in the outfield. Yes, thankfully Buster beat me to it. The, uh, I think it was after the Milwaukee crash. Yep. Um, I was like, we need to talk. He's like, Buster already talked to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> what did Buster tell him? I don't know if I can repeat what he said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was essentially like, don't, don't. Let me put it in kids' terms. Don't be silly. Yep. We need you in playoffs. Yep. 
you know, like don't, don't, but he, Mike can't stop it. Because then when, where was he when he just ran it? Was it Milwaukee again? No, it was Pittsburgh was when Buster talked to him. So it was after the Pittsburgh crash, which did not end in a catch, but man, he went for it. And then the Milwaukee one was, Oh my God. I mean, that was a concrete wall. Like it doesn't move, but he's, he was a hockey player. So he just doesn't even think twice, you know, right. it's even when it's not going to change maybe the, the outcome of the game, if it's going to help his team, there's no breaks. So I've kind of, you know, I, I have a little hope that Buster and all the other guys will, will break through to him, but I also know who I'm dealing with. So <laughs> we'll see, you know, and hopefully that, that plays out and, and knock on wood playoff, you know, so we'll uh, see. I mean, I've always wondered that. Like, you can you can think about it and talk about it, but when you're on the field and the ball's out there, like, your instincts take over. You go get the ball. Exactly. And that's yeah. the thing about Mike. He doesn't think about his body. Right. He's, there's a ball in front of him. It's going to help the team. He's going to catch it. He, he kind of looked at me like, are you kidding? You know, like, it's it's asking a tiger not to have stripes. And, right. and I should know better, you know, but um, – but, we're learning, we're adjusting, and and it's been it's been a blast. Oh, uh, hey, what's uh, Music City Yoga? Oh, so um, I haven't quite coined that name, but I um, I'm figuring that out. Took a little bit of a break, but I, one of my side jobs was being a yoga instructor. Yeah. Um, and Nashville's a really special place, and it's actually like a secret kind of baseball hub. Like I had our dear friend Trey Mancini. Adam Frazier, Tony Kemp, um, and some other guys every Monday coming in and taking my class. And so during the pandemic, a lot of my students reached out to me and, and were like, hey, I just miss yoga. And so that's kind of when I created a public profile. I had never had one on Instagram and just started teaching classes for free. And um, and it was a lot of fun. Mike was in a lot of the videos with me. I think they've been taken down because I guess I couldn't put music on. Um, but but that's kind of how Mike and I stayed in shape for a little while during the pandemic and just wanted to share that little bit of exercise and mental break with people. And so that was kind of a, a brainstorm of, of a name. Um, I think Say Yaz Yoga. I think I think Music City was already taken. So I think Say Yaz Yoga is maybe the next one. Um, I've taken a little time off this season, but I really it was really a fun way to connect. It was a fun way for fans to see a different side of Mike um, doing yoga, yelling at me when I made it too hard. <laughs> but it, it was a lot of fun. It, it, it's a lot of fun. I love um, – I actually didn't like yoga until I found this very athletic uh, and, 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 and intense yoga. And so it's been fun to share it with people. Uh, fantastic. Uh, Paige, what a, what a fun conversation. Thank you for letting us in to, uh, to your lives and doing it in, in such a way. That was great conversation. I really appreciate it. <laughs> of course. Thank you so much. I appreciate it as well. Okay, quick pause to tell you about our sponsor, T-Mobile, one of our favorite partners because of how relevant they are to Giants fans. Because you're never far from McCovey Cove when you've got America's largest and fastest 5G network. In other words, T-Mobile is your ticket to the game, whether you're home or away. The Giants are big league. Why don't you come on up and join them? Switch to T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Fastest 5G by Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA 5G Experience Report January 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.
And now back to Inside Giant Moments. Next, she might be the most well-known Giants wife because fans have watched her husband for over a decade in a Giants uniform. Because of that, we've also gotten the opportunity to watch their four beautiful kids grow up. Here's my conversation with Brandon's wife, Jalen Crawford. I would say you're the, the most well-known Giants wife. You, you know that, right? <laughs> uh, I don't look into that stuff, but... <laughs> <laughs> but but the big news is uh, you're staying. You're staying. And, and, and maybe this was never even a question, certainly not a question of whether or not you guys would want to do that. But but what does the new contract for, for Brandon uh, mean to you and, and the entire family? It means home sweet home to us and truly no place we'd rather be. We were always hoping that this would be a possibility. And we always saw ourselves as forever giants, but until it like happened, it felt surreal, you know? So we're just both so excited to continue our journey and time with the giants. And we truly believe they are the best fans in baseball and we're with the best organization and we couldn't be happier. And I'm so proud of Brandon. I wonder what it was like for you preseason coming into this and knowing uh, for for a few of the guys, uh, a big contract year, the uncertainty. How did that all resonate with you? Brandon's such a hard worker, and we both kind of have the personality. We take every day, day by day. I know that sounds cliche or whatnot, but... I mean, going into the season, we definitely had the conversation of, you know, we don't know what it's like to go anywhere else. We don't know what it's like to be a free agent. Um, we've never lived with that uncertainty. And our, our hearts go out to the players that do live with that and do have trade where they can be traded and stuff because we didn't know, you know, where the team was going to be or if, we were going to get asked to waive a no trade clause or like we didn't know where the season was going. He just, he works hard every off season. He trains the same way every year. And um, we couldn't be more grateful and thankful to the new coaching staff and all the hitting coaches that worked tirelessly during the pandemic to work with Brandon safely and they've made a tremendous difference in the way he feels at the plate. And we do have to give a lot of credit to them because they have made him feel amazing at the plate. And as everyone can see, it's made a huge impact for him and his confidence and everything. So, yeah, I, yeah I'm yeah. so grateful. <laughs> yeah, and the entire team, uh, no, no doubt. Um, I'd love to go back in time for a second, and, and I'm a parent of three children, and so I know that trying to go back in your mind to life before kids feels like four <laughs> lifetimes ago. Like, I, I, I get that, but if you can take yourself back to when the two of you were just getting started with this entire journey, what was the vision? Well, I remember on draft day in 2008, um, he was a junior at UCLA with me, and um, he was projected like to be a first-rounder. So I remember him being on the phone with the Minnesota Twins in the fourth round, and 
he had to hang up and say, like, I just got drafted. And then, like, it was the Giants, and we were like, that's incredible. Like, this is, like, childhood dream stuff. <laughs> and we put on our Giants hats, and I used to be an Angels fan. I know Giants fans <laughs> don't love that. But in 2000, you know, I was cheering for the Angels, not quite the Giants yet. So we used to have an inside joke that when he puts on the real jersey, I'll get rid of all my Angels gear and rock Giants gear. So, but I told them on that day, I said, you know what? The first rounders always have so much pressure. And all you get to do is prove people wrong and prove you belong there. And this is going to be part of your story. And you slipping to the fourth round means nothing of the player or person you are. And you're just going to go show them why you belong there. And it, um, you know, the minor leagues are definitely a blessing and it, it shows, you know, the ones that have the fight and the character to get there. And, um, we were always grateful it was the Giants and that's where he wanted to play, like growing up. So, and I was just here to support him. During the time when he was drafted, I actually was getting my master's degree in education. So that was my pre-kid. Um, journey. So I wasn't, I wasn't there for, you know, we were leaving. He played a minor league game in Bakersfield and I drove with my parents there and we were about halfway home to San Dimas, California when he called and he's like, sweetheart, you need to make a U-turn. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I just got called up and oh my gosh, like chills, tears, all of it, and we got into San Francisco at 2 a.m. He didn't end up playing that game, um, and then he had to go to Milwaukee, and I had to go back for my master's program. So I didn't get to see the Grand Slam in person. I didn't yep. get to see it till 10 o'clock at night because <laughs> I had a class that ended at 9 o'clock at night. So it's our story, but life without kids. I mean, we got married in 2011, the year he was called up. And we were kind of planning our wedding. I was finishing my master's program. And during the summer, I would just go move to Connecticut or Richmond and spend the summers with him. And we would do lots of FaceTime, just as we do now. But um, we, 2012 World Series, we were pregnant with our daughter, Braylon. And um, I was nine months pregnant at the World Series and jumping around every play, every out. And the wives were like, and sit down you're gonna have this baby right like no <laughs> so uh, i we don't really remember life without kids right. but <laughs> yep, yep. lots of down quiet time and there's not much of that anymore so no joke i i mean you can tell in in listening to you talk how all in you are and were on this very clearly stated goal and dream but i also know especially for the, the, the spouse or, or anybody who's sort of along that journey. That's not always easy. It, it, it comes with sacrifices. So what was it like to, to be with someone who, who really went after something like that? And, and how did you sort of see your, your role in all of that? I felt my role was always to support him and his dream to the best I could whether it be, you know, a listening ear after a bad game or 
you know, someone to hug and just, you know, be there because, you know, not every day is a good day. In baseball, you fail more than you succeed. And Brandon's always been the type of player and person where he doesn't get too high and he doesn't get too low. And I respect him so much for that and idolize him because it's truly inspiring. And I always wanted to be a teacher. That's what I got my master's degree in. And I feel I set aside my dreams to help him follow his. And that's not saying that I won't go back in the classroom. I feel I use my degree every day in our children. So I just felt like I could be his support system throughout his journey. And we're just a small part of his really special story. So for me, it was just always support him any way I can emotionally, you know, physically and be the best cheerleader I can for him and his team. Well, that's the sacrifice right there. Like you, you just mentioned it. And I wonder if there, you know, were there ever moments where you, you, you had doubts or, or you weren't 100% on board because there's no way that, that it's easy with, with four kids, the travel, the games, and the fact that he has one of these jobs where there's no choice. It's not like he can say, hey, I'm going to take a couple weeks vacation right now. We're going to go do something here in the summer, <laughs> right? So <laughs> how, how, how has that sort of uh, uh, affected you through the years? You know, I never had any doubt. I'm a pretty positive person, and I try to look at the good in every situation. And even during those difficult times, whether it be life just being hard or I just, as I said, we both try to live each day, day by day. And during my master's program, it was hard. It was really hard. I mean, FaceTime was our best friend (laughs) and still is on the long road trip. And um, I didn't have a doubt to continue to support him or not want to do this life with him. And, we always talked about, like, we feel we would have the same life we do now in a different way, whether we both were teachers and coaches of gymnastics and baseball. And we were pretty grounded people, and we raised our kids that way. Like, this is his job. And just as anyone else, they just want to do a good job every day for their company. So he plays for the Giants. Every day he wants to play well and try to help his team win any way he can. And my kids, all our kids know, like, that's daddy's job. They'll tell people, like, my daddy has work today. Yeah. Most, of, most of their friends and things don't know what that means, that he's a baseball player on TV. Like, because it is his job. They know when he does his workouts in the off season, it's part of his job. So we just, that's how we truly look at it from the bottom of our hearts and Every day it's just to be the best he can for his team. You mentioned that one of the things you admire the most is him not getting too high or too low. And I've got to ask you about this because this is, as you just said, this is a high-profile job. There are four kids. This is a lot. There's a lot of pressure on a daily basis. And that guy is just so low-key. Does he ever just lose it around the house? No. (laughs) No. It's amazing. I can't say. (laughs) I definitely raise my voice with the kids sometimes, and (laughs) I have my moments. He's incredible. Just as he is on the field, it's the same off the field. He's so even keel, and 
Um, I know my kids look up to him, and so do I. And it's like after a bad game, like at, even in college at UCLA, he was like, oh, I went 0 for 5 with three strikeouts and had an error. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to hear any of that. Like I want to hear, like, you definitely made an impact. So you turned an amazing double play. I want you to start with a positive, And then if you want to tell me something negative that happened in the game, tell me. Now, like, I tell people, like, he's always watching film when we're laying in bed. But, like, if he doesn't want to talk about baseball, it's the last thing we talk about when he comes home. If he wants to talk about it, he wants to vent about something or ask me, do you see something? Or, you know, because I, I was a gymnast. So technical stuff, like, I know that sport very well. I know the sport of baseball very well, but I don't know, like, technical stuff. But, you know, sometimes he just needs a listening ear, and I want to be that for him. And sometimes he doesn't want to talk about it at all, so we don't. We play with our kids, and he comes home with a smile just to hug all of us. And so that's how we feel we are to him is just his support any way we can be. Take us inside a, uh, a current day in the life. And, and let's start with, for instance, when the team is on a homestand. Uh, what, what, what does that look like? Currently in the summer, it looks like we don't bother him until he wakes up. They know he needs his eyes, and part of his eyes are sleep and good sleep. So we stay in the playroom, we go outside, and then when he comes out of bed, we get a couple hours with him to play, join him for, like, a second breakfast usually. <laughs> and then... <laughs> We play baseball outside with the boys. We blow bubbles. We hang out. And then he leaves to the field about 1.30. And then um, our kids will have tutoring. And then we have all their stuff laid out for the game. And during the summer, they used to like to go to, like, one game a week. Now they're really into it. And they're actually even our daughters, like our one daughter, Braylon, she's never really been into it. And this year she's like, they turned a double play. Like, they got strike three. Like, they're talking about baseball, and they're interested in it. And it's been really fun this season because there was a week we went six games in a row with the kids. So wow. if they want to go, we go. I'm like, this is their summer. So that's typical. And we have a baseball schedule, and we have a school schedule. So currently my kids are in Arizona, and they're going to their first two weeks of school. And then we start the back and forth. We go on independent study. We have a private tutor that works with them that is in with their teachers and their systems. And they get one-on-one tutoring to do all their work so they're not missing school. And then we travel when we can to go be with him and and enjoy this time left we have doing this life. So. Yeah. Wow, uh, what a lot to coordinate. And, 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 and so then you, you started to mention it there. What about road trips? How, how do you all handle those? Road trips, we kind of try to map out, like, their school schedule with his schedule. And then we calculate how many days of school, and we work with their school. And then we kind of see what trips we want to go on, which trips are kid-friendly, which ones are not. And then um, we usually will bring help with us. My mom and dad lived with us for three years and were rock stars and helped us live this life. 
and my dad has a different battle going on right now that my mom has to focus on with him. So we hired help this year. So traveling, I don't feel it's safe traveling with four kids in an airport because I can't keep my eyes and hands on all four of them. So I like to do two on two. So um, we go on, we fly on Southwest everywhere, and we take up a whole row. And (laughs) and we travel and we get there, and the, the travel day is hard. But I always say the easy way is not the best way. Traveling's hard, but, like, our kids are going to have these memories of seeing different cities and states and being there for their dad. And even though we get a couple hours with them when we travel, those hours are so meaningful. So, I'm glad you brought up memories um, because I'm curious about a few that may stand out for you. And I know they're still being built. It's such a special season right now. Uh, but for you as a couple, what baseball moment or moments stand out when, when you look back at the last decade? His first game, I mean, definitely that that was such a a fun experience. I know just being there and feeling your dreams come true in that moment had to feel amazing. I know it did for me, just like being so proud of him to work that hard to get there. 2012 World Series, 2014, when we were down 0-2, down 3-1, and we're, like, on the bus saying, like, we just need to win tomorrow, and then we just need to win tomorrow. Okay, now it's a 3-3 series. Like, we're the ball's in our hand. Like, those, those games were so incredible. Game 7 of the World Series in Kansas City. I mean, what a beautiful city. They just lost game seven of the World Series, and they're coming up telling us that was an incredible series, and this was amazing for their city, and it was their fans were incredible. That, and the, you know, I always say I know Brandon would have thrown him out at home if he tested him. So I still still live with that. Like, they, they know people have seen him make lots of outs at home, so. We all know where that was heading. Yep. But. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Well, and and, and speaking of interactions with with fans, I mean, uh, let's be honest, you and the kids, you've all become recognizable figures to Giants fans. So what's the ballpark experience like when when the group goes to a game? Everyone's so respectful and kind. I feel like we truly – have great fans and you know we say hi to them and the kids say hi to them and I mean they're just like really great we're just a human being we're nothing special we just are there to support Brandon and the team and we're fans too just like they are so I mean we try to reciprocate those feelings they give us and give them back to them so uh, Jaylin, are there any misconceptions? I, I wonder what, what what do people mistake or or maybe not understand about life as a baseball wife? Um, I would think people think that it's just like oh, really glamorous, and you go on private planes, and I don't know, like you just live this luxurious life. I mean, it's difficult being a baseball wife. I don't. I mean. The traveling, the schedule, the time apart. Um, I have a lot of planning with kids, and I know all the moms, like, we pick up a lot of slack, whether, like, moving. And there was one year we moved seven times in one year. 
between spring training and we had a two month old baby, our first daughter, you know, so it's, it's not easy, but you know, it's, it is an amazing life too. Like, but I always tell people, like, I never complain about the 10 day road trips, our military and servicemen and women spend far more time apart than we do. So again, I always try to look at the positive and yes, it's hard, but I mean, I, I don't know. I guess when I do think people think they just like magically teleport to places right. <laughs> because in the, right. the, the wild card game, my, I had my brother come with me cause my mom didn't want me to travel by myself. And he was like, wow, we've been doing this life and supporting Brandon and it's 2014 and He's like, I had no idea Brandon got to the field that early and how much time you spend alone. Right. He's like, and I'm your brother. Like, so I, I don't think fans realize that side of it for us. Like when we go on the road trips, we only get like an hour or two with them by the time he sleeps and gets up and gets ready for the game. Like they don't show up to the field at six o'clock at night for a six forty five game. <laughs> You know, so they leave, they leave five hours ahead of the game. The game takes three to four hours. He, he's one of the last ones out. So you can count on another hour. He moves like a sloth after the game. I tease him all the time. (laughs) Yes, we've seen that. (laughs) He moves at the same, he he moves at the same pace that he speaks. It's it's just who he is. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that him so i try not to give him too hard of a time but my dad was like at ucla he's like do you have to turn off the light you have this like whippy dog we don't know about you're always the last one out <laughs> nothing's changed some things never change so. uh, yep yep oh uh, that's funny um so this opportunity is potentially there i mean i don't i don't know if he wants to play more than two years after this but the opportunity is potentially there to uh to complete his career from beginning to end as a, as a San Francisco giant. But I, I certainly wonder where you think this story will go from here. When, when you look into the next decade, what do you see? Um, life with him at home with our kids and watching them play their sports that they dream of playing and supporting our kids and their journeys and, traveling during the summer like we want to see Europe in the summer someday (laughs) we never get to see the summer you know so traveling during that time would be great I we don't look too far ahead past this um we're just excited for the opportunity and just like I said this is truly our home away from home and no place we would have either like really rather be I know I already said that at the beginning of the call but it really is true. So I know there were 29 disappointed teams, but we're excited. Uh, Jaylen, what a treat! Thank you so much for uh, for letting us in to uh, to all of your world and uh, continued success. And and uh, I know as happy as you guys are that uh, that you're staying. So are all the fans as well. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Inside Giant Moments presented by T-Mobile. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review and share this episode with your friends and family. To make sure you never miss these exclusive conversations each week, subscribe and follow the Inside Giant Moments podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.